I don't know why my dad never was there. I know that he was emotionally not, I meant verbally, (laughs) verbally, he was verbally not nice. But this week I'm focusing on my words. So I'm trying to make sure that what I say doesn't necessarily tear somebody down and that I'm not like gossiping about anyone. Really, I'm just trying to watch what I'm saying and making sure that every single thing that comes out of my mouth is who I want to be and I don't want to portray jealousy or anger or things that I'm not trying to be for me personally. So anyways, I'm not like trying to say he was he just was not kind. He just didn't want to see me when I called and asked to see him. So it's kind of like that he really never made an effort. That's pretty much it. Do I know why? No, but Welcome to Fatherless, the podcast that brings awareness to the group that got left behind, no one noticed, and it's only increasing. In a world where the impact of growing up without a father figure is often overlooked, Fatherless is here to break the silence. Imagine a safe space where we can openly talk about our struggles, our daddy issues, our triumphs, and everything in between. I'm your host, Parker, and I'm just a fatherless girl living in a fatherless world. Together, we will dive deep into a topic close to our hearts, a topic that's often ignored but deserves our full attention. We're not dwelling on what's missing. It's about embracing our unique journeys and finding strength in our shared experiences. So don't miss out on empowering episodes. Hit the subscribe button now. And if you find Fatherless touches your heart and inspires you, I would be so grateful for a five-star review. Also, be sure to follow Fatherless Podcast on Instagram for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Let's embark on this journey of healing and self-discovery together. Are you ready? This is Fatherless. Whether or not I'm aware of why my dad was absent really doesn't change the fact that I know that I have issues from it. I would say my biggest struggles would be trusting and it definitely gave me the anxious attachment style. I definitely have fear of abandonment and fear of rejection. I do share a lot of the kind of common themes and issues that fatherless individuals do experience. The U.S. Department of Health has reported that 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are also from fatherless homes. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. According to the CDC, that's 20 times the average. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes. That's 14 times the average. And I have all the sources in the description notes for this so that if you are interested in looking into it and learning more for yourself, you are able to visit these sites and find resources for help and how to help. 
80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes. That means that it's not just children that are affected. Fatherless children turn into fatherless adults and carry those issues with them and putting them out in the world. So someone who was never fatherless will still feel the effect, whether it's from their boss being fatherless or their husband's mistress being fatherless. Like the issues don't just stop with fatherless individuals. They are reflected. And a lot of the times, if you date someone who's fatherless, I know for me, I struggle with intimacy and trusting. And it's hard for me to be in a relationship. I like look for them to leave and sort of like the ones that leave. Unfortunately, that's like what I am into. I like you more if you don't like me. And that's not ideal. And that's where I've had to really work on how to overcome these issues and how to cope with them. Welcome to another episode of Fatherless, where we discuss our daddy issues and how I'm working to heal them and what I'm doing differently that's kind of been working in my life. I'm your host, Parker, and I'm super, super grateful that you are here with me today and chose to listen to me because, like I said, I am a nobody. So thank you for joining me, and I hope that you find some of this touches your heart or leaves a remark or that it just helps you in some way, shape, or form. Please reach out to me on on Instagram at fatherless podcast. There is a link in my bio for a direct contact form. If you would like to reach out to me directly, it goes straight to my email. I read every single thing everyone sends me. And so I would love to hear from you or get your questions or advice that you have. It's not a one time process. It's a repeated being mindful, catching it in the moment, realizing what triggers me. And I think that a lot of the times you can't just heal one without healing the other. So for example, like I don't think I can just work on healing fear of abandonment because I also have rejection issues. And I think that the rejection issues and fear of abandonment kind of go hand in hand with me. Whereas if I'm rejected, I'm scared to read a rejection. I'm scared to hear no. I get fearful on hard work phone conversations because I'm just scared of rejection. But I feel like that also goes hand in hand with fear of abandonment. Once you're rejected, it feels almost like you're abandoned even if you were rejected at the beginning. Something else for me, though, is I'm big on being ignored. I can't stand to be ignored. It's so stressful. I would much rather somebody say something back to me that's just like, I hate you and you're the worst and I never want to talk to you again instead of just ignoring me. To just be left on read or even delivered is so painful to me. It causes me to spiral. I want to self-sabotage. I almost want to do anything possible to get a response. And so it's so much easier for me if somebody could just be straight to the point and tell me, but that's not always going to be the case. And I accept that. And I know that my feelings are valid. It is painful to be ignored. It can almost be as painful as physical pain. So I do struggle with a lot of issues. I struggled with who I was and how to describe myself to others and what I wanted people to say about me or think about me. Or if I asked somebody to write a summary of me, 
I don't even know what I would write, you know? And so I think realizing that these issues are real, validating them, and then working to overcome them, but also giving yourself grace and understanding that I'll slip up again. And that that doesn't mean we went 25 steps back. It just means we're just in we're a work in progress. I'm always going to be a work in progress. But healing from fatherlessness is a task. I've been working on it. I've been being super mindful of what I've been saying and trying to catch those thoughts as they arise, trying to realize what triggers me, especially when it comes to sometimes I don't even want to check an email if I think that it's going to be negative or I'm going to be shot down. I believe that it is a crisis that is going unnoticed. And although we're noticing like like Ariana Grande sleeping with a married man, and that's being discussed. No one is discussing that she has daddy issues. A lot of the actions that fatherless individuals take is based off of their childhood and how they grew up. And I think that that's how I am, especially when it comes to being ignored and being rejected and being unwanted by somebody I struggle with. For some reason, I like boys that seem to not want me. And that's something that I like I said, is a work in progress. I'm trying to rewire my brain and my thoughts to associate and bring in people that do want me and realize that that's okay if I'm unwanted by somebody that does not define me. And it really has nothing to do with me and has everything to do with them. And it's not my business to know why they don't want me. Something that I've been repeating to myself is that I've been trying to figure out how to handle abandonment and how to handle rejection and how to handle feeling alone a lot of the times. Like my phone is dry. I don't get texted. And the last time a boy has texted me has been like um, um two months. I don't even know, honestly, because I don't talk to many people. And that's lonely sometimes. And then I have a small family, which can be lonely. But what I've started to really realize, like I realized this in the shower the other day, is I'm like, if I can just find one thing that works and do that over and over instead of trying to have multiple ways of solving a problem or trying to do something, just do one way that I know works and repeat it. I want to overthink and express fear and worry and anxiety. And then I never get anything done because I'm too focused on worrying how I'm going to get it done and what ways to do it. But instead, I'm just going to do one way repeated that works for me. So so like for cleaning and doing my laundry, a lot of the times I like to procrastinate and put that aside. And then I stress and feel guilty and ashamed that my car is not cleaned and my room's not cleaned and my laundry's still in the baskets and I'm living out of laundry baskets some days. Instead, I know that when I put my headphones on and play music, I can get into the headspace to clean my room and take the initiative and get the things done. But I don't do that. I'm just like looking for other ways to motivate myself. So I've started to realize that I'm going to take one thing that I know works and repeat it over and over and over instead of trying to find multiple solutions or easier ways. If it works for me, I'm going to do it. The one thing that works for me, I'm going to repeat it at least. Not having a dad, though, it is hard to figure out who you are, at least in my own opinion. 
it's better to learn on your own than from someone who can't even take responsibility. And so I would much rather figure out this life and how to communicate and trust and build intimacy and find self-confidence and find self-worth than getting the advice and perspective of a father that couldn't even be there for their own kid couldn't even take the responsibility to acknowledge that they have a daughter in this world who is existing and going through it. And so I would rather not learn from someone like that. I don't want someone like that to put an impression on me or to shape my thoughts and my core values and beliefs. Even envying, I can be jealous of people who are with their fathers or who are in happy, healthy relationships and wishing that I could have that, but I shouldn't feel envious. I should feel excitement that I can have that too. I can have a healthy relationship. I can trust men. I can be loved by men. I can have healthy friendships, even girls and guys. When you don't have a father around, you don't really know how to handle certain situations. And it's just like, okay, maybe my dad can't check my engine light, but I'm capable of taking it to a store and having someone look at it. Even if I have to take it to like 15 mechanics so that I can make sure that, you know, four out of the 15 say the same thing and no one's ripping me off. I'm grateful that I can do that. And I'm blessed that I have the knowledge to be able to take that initiative and handle it myself. But what I also feel like no one talks about is how hard it is on others, how hard it is on my friends and my relationships when I can feel resentment towards my friends if they said they were going to be there. And when I need them, they're just ghosts. I don't hear from them or they're MIA or I'm left out and not invited to something. That's a struggle. I've been practicing delayed gratification. I've done dopamine deep detoxes. I've not gone to therapy much. I've tried it. It's expensive, but I'm sure it is extremely helpful and I would love to get there one day. But while I'm not there, I've been practicing other things. A lot of it is capturing my thoughts. Sometimes I'll find myself reflecting back on like a summer where I was always out with friends or where I had a guy in my life that I cared about or when I was doing X, Y, and Z. And then I'm like, wow, I wish I was doing that now. Or I miss those days. Or I miss when that person talked to me. Or I should have done this differently. And maybe they would still be in my life. But instead of thinking that way, I have to take those thoughts and capture them right in the moment and rethink them. Instead, I'm like, okay, I don't want to think that. I don't want to live in that lifestyle. I don't want to bring that situation back in another way, shape, or form. I want to focus on what I do want. I'm going to feel loved even if I'm not loved by a man yet, but I'll feel it and feel grateful for it and picture the day when I come home to a husband who's there for me, who understands me, who works on our flaws together where we can grow and heal together. And I'll envision that and I'll envision when I do have a lot of friends and when I am super busy. And then I also think like, okay, stop looking at it as in, wow, I wish I still had that and look at it as in, okay, I don't have that anymore. 
for a reason. There is something coming for me that that person couldn't be in my life for. Maybe they're not meant to be on this journey with me because they don't deserve where I'm going. Maybe that's why they left. I have to start thinking like that and to be really mindful and watch what I say, especially what I say about myself. I've caught myself over and over lately being like, wow, I wish my hair was longer. I wish my stomach was thinner. I wish my eyebrows were more even. But instead, I'm like, my stomach is getting so thin. My hair is growing. It's really about watering yourself. You know, the grass is greener where you water it. So it's like instead of being negative or thinking negative thoughts or reminiscing on the past, I have to stop and be like, no, I'm going to focus on fatherless and seeing all the listeners and getting feedback and hearing from other people and getting advice and insights. You guys' insights and advice and feedback is so valuable to me, probably more than you'll ever understand. But just just hearing from some of you already and how you're struggling with this and how you would like for me to discuss this like that is what this is for and that's what I'm here for so when I find myself thinking about something else or how I should have stayed friends with somebody or tried harder or I wish they wouldn't have hurt me or why did this guy leave me why is this guy not texting me for two months straight what did I do should I have done this differently instead I'm like no everything happened exactly for me how it was supposed to happen. And it's what I do with it. That's my superpower. I can choose how I let my fatherless life affect me. And I can either say, oh, I did that because I'm on my fatherless behavior. So, you know, I'll just wild and out and self-sabotage. And I can blame it on the fact that I'm fatherless and these are daddy issues. And I blew up your phone a million times because I have daddy issues. Or I can say, even though I have daddy issues, I did this. I accomplished this. I didn't let the way that they treated me or the situation overtake me. And I did it anyways while fatherless. And that right there is empowering. It's liberating. And that's helped me find my self-confidence. So even when I don't feel worthy of love or valued or like I deserve a higher position or even with fatherless, I'm like, I'm a nobody. I truly am a nobody. So it's like, why would anyone want to listen to me? And then I have to switch that. Like, why would anyone not want to listen to me? I'm real. I'm honest. I'm relatable. I'm not in some recording studio. I'm in my mom's house. You know, like I'm not anybody. But at the same time, I feel like there's other people that can extremely relate to me. And that's what I'm here to do. So I have to rewire my thoughts over and over and it doesn't change easily. I'm still catching myself all the time, like missing someone or wondering what it was that turned them off from me or why they didn't want me or why I'm jealous of my friend who is spending time with her dad and has her dad to walk her down the aisle. I don't need a dad to walk me down the aisle. I'm blessed that I have my mom to walk me down the aisle and I'm blessed that I can break society norms and cultural norms and make things a done a different way. But just because they're done differently doesn't mean that they're wrong or that they're bad and realizing that it's okay to live a life that's not the same as everyone else I know that's without a father 
And it's okay to want a father and it's okay to want fatherly advice. That's where I've started to realize that like validating myself and realizing that, yes, it's okay to feel these things and it's normal and it's not that I'm a bad person or that I'm failing. It's just what comes along with it and learning how to heal from it and how to work with it and use it to my advantage even is been life-changing. It's really a game changer when you can realize that you can use your fatherless behavior for your advantage. You can say, yeah, I was blunt and confident and demanding in that meeting, but that's okay. My dad wasn't there, so I'll take up for myself, you know? A weird little trick that I've been trying on myself lately, which is kind of working, is that when I talk to myself out loud, I can't think negative thoughts in my head at the same time. Like, I can't be talking to myself out loud and think about guy that ghosted me or whatever. But intimacy is a big thing that I've struggled with where if I'm being ignored, I've begged somebody to love me. I've begged somebody to respond to me. And then I'm mad at myself after it. I feel ashamed that I lost myself to try and find somebody else to try and get somebody. And that made me sad for myself a lot of the times. But I'm like, okay, there's a lesson to that. I needed to learn how to put myself first. And the only way to learn that was by putting somebody above me and realizing that that doesn't work. That's not something that works for me. So instead, I'm repeating over and over and over, putting myself first. And if I have a priority or something I want to do, even if it's like going to work out, But if a guy's like last minute wants to hang out with me, then no, I'm going to do what I plan on doing and I won't ever be somebody's last minute or backup choice. And I've had to learn that the hard way, but learning it is part of the journey and it's how you overcome it. Can't really defeat something that you don't even realize you're doing. Like I said, it's better learning on your own than learning from the wrong person. I've been learning to listen to my gut instinct and listen to the first decision that I make instead of second guessing myself. I do need to go with what my gut instinct is in the moment and not worry about what I think other people thought that I should be doing. Like the other day I was driving down the road and I needed to turn left and I probably could have went left instead of waiting on the car in the other lane to pass first and then turning safely. But I waited and let them go. And then I turned and I'm like, wow, they probably were thinking that I could have went and I probably could have went. My gut instinct was to wait. So I need to trust myself and realize that I come first. So who cares if they thought that I should have went first? I was telling myself to wait. So everyone else's opinion of what I should have done is irrelevant. And that right there is keeping a promise to myself. And working on trusting myself helps build my self-worth, my self-confidence, my trust with others, because I know I can trust me first. And I also do believe in God. So I believe that the Holy Spirit is inside of me and gives me these gut instincts. And therefore, I need to trust that and act on it and not second guess it or worry what somebody else thought. If I decided that my gut said to do it, Who cares what they think, which is something I've been working on. It is a work in progress. A lot of the times I'm caught up about what other people think of me. And it's hard nowadays because it's so social media based where if I post a picture and I'm not getting likes, I feel like 
I'm worthless and my value gets lower and my ego takes a hit. One night stands are are too much for me. I just can't do it. You can be really good at one night stands because you're fatherless and you are scared of commitment and you're scared of attachment and you have the avoidant attachment style. And even if I don't like a guy at all and I just was like, whatever, I had a one night stand, you know, whatever, did it. Then even though I know I didn't like them, if they're not blowing my phone up and calling me or texting me and they just completely forget I exist afterwards, my ego takes a huge hit. And I'm like, I know I didn't like them, but like, why do they not like me? What is it about me? And that's when I have to catch myself like it's nothing about you. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with them. It's not personal. And if they don't want you, then that means you have something better coming for you. So start to focus on what's better, what's coming, what I want to see in my life, what I want to attract. And intimacy is a big one. And sometimes it's just a validation. Sometimes it's more like, I just want to see a guy because I need the ego hit. I need to know that if I want to see them, they're still there. And if they're not there, then my ego's hit. And I'm like, what's going on? Why would they not want to see me? And I'm trying to alter who I I am in order to make somebody else want me. And that's not okay. That's breaking the trust with myself. So working on ways to overcome and heal from fatherless is something that's going to be a lifelong discussion because there's really not a right or wrong answer to this. And there's so many ways to work on it. But for the biggest for me have been watching my thoughts. Journaling is a huge one. Trusting my gut instinct and keeping promises to myself. Even if it's something as little as like brushing my teeth three times a day. I like to brush them three times a day. And if I don't brush them three times a day, I feel guilty and gross. And I'm like, it's okay to mess up. And it's okay to not be consistent all the time. It's just a slip up. It's just a step back. It's just a road bump. There is a light at the end of this tunnel. It's not a cave. And realizing that helps, especially when I'm writing it down and prioritizing what it is that I need to do to be a better person. What is it that I can do and feel better and get energy going on walks outside helps tremendously for me. If I'm feeling anxious, I love to go for a walk. I'll put my headphones in, go for a walk. I don't need to check my phone, which is so great. And I can just see so many other things that capture my thoughts and to try and find little glimmers in my life. Instead of looking for triggers, I'm looking for glimmers, moments that I just find myself at peace and smiling or not checking my phone or just really enjoying the moment I'm in, that's a glimmer. And every day I look for something like that so that I'm like, okay, wow, look at this. God gave me this today. Look at this moment. Look at this. Like I want to focus on those things. And you know what you focus on, you see more of like when you're car shopping, you see a bunch of the same cars or for me, it's even like the dog breed that I want and think of like once a month how oh I want that dog breed and then I start to like see it or think about it more or I find myself googling it I realize that it's a thought pattern for months I've been thinking at least once a month I want this breed of dog so each month I'll be reminded oh yeah I want that dog one day or I'll think of the dog that I want but it's the same with like even food for me I'm in a pop tart phase I eat so many pop tarts it's scary I even tried making homemade Pop-Tarts. They were not 
ideal. They're way more fattening in calories. So I scratched that. But I used to be addicted to ice cream sandwiches. So I think the Pop-Tarts is a thought phase. I only eat them so much because I think about how much I like them often that I look for them in my life and bring them into my life. Pop-Tarts are a small example. That can be the same even with like dating or friendships. I could look for friends that screw me over and betray me. And I don't want to do that. I want to be so mindful of what I'm looking for, what I'm focusing on, what I'm saying, what others are saying around me, because I don't want to be involved in gossip. I don't want to be talking about other people in negative ways that tears them down and doesn't build them up. And I do think that like when you think about something, you'll keep remembering it. You'll think about the kind of dog you want. And then when you change your mind, like one day you realize you're wanting a different dog or like one day I realized I was eating Pop-Tarts all the time instead of ice cream sandwiches. So one day I just stopped thinking about ice cream sandwiches and now I'm on to whatever I think about all the time, even if it's something that like I think about wanting to eat often, then I'm craving it. But one day I just stopped thinking about it and I all of a sudden never want it. Like, isn't that wild? So I'm putting it into practice to try and purposely not think about what I no longer want. So why would I think about situations from the past that have hurt me because I never want that situation again? And if I think about it, somehow, some way, that same situation is going to happen again, whether I move countries, whatever, it'll happen again if I'm so focused on the past. And so I have been really prioritizing to try and purposely not think about what I no longer want. And this is just what works for me. I would love to hear from you on what works for you or if you found some unique trick like talking out loud to yourself so that you can't think about whatever it is that you don't want to think about. I really want to know. (laughs) The more helpful advice, the better. But I also like I'm trying to keep it smarter, not harder, which is where I've realized that just doing one thing that I know works and repeating it has been really helpful. But overall, the effects of fatherless don't just affect fatherless individuals. They affect many, many people. Multi-generational effects. It's not just a small thing. It's a huge thing. And it's happening all over right now. So I think the more that we are aware, the more that we can try and work on ourselves, the better it will reflect into the world. You have to be the change you want to see. And that's what I'm here for and what I'm working on with myself. And I'm trying to bring awareness to it. Again, I'm your host, Parker. Thank you for listening to me today on Fatherless. And I look forward to being back next week to discuss another issue that is near and dear to my heart. Remember, I love you all and I'm proud of you. And no dad, no problem.